We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the cave trolls. Cakes, I love it. I love that energy. Let's do it. Let's tear apart everything and be very negative about all things and yell. Lissa, tell us why America sucks. Go. Go. <laughs> uh because i'm from europe so automatically you all suck that's that track that was that was, that was it's, it's correct but that was weak i was expecting something else but that's okay <laughs> we can keep going hello and welcome to the cave chills <laughs> podcast my name is terry smith and with me as always are the slovenly trolls Sharday, how are you doing today I'm doing great, even though I've only had one cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm more good. Coffee is definitely necessary. I, I think we might need to take a small intermission at some point for additional coffee or more coffee. Yeah. And then, Lissa, you're in I don't know Europe or some some other ocean. Uh, what what do you drink to wake up in the morning? Tea. Ah, uh, now see, I can't have that. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you put in your tea, Lissa? uh milk and trick, or trick question wrong honey. answer it should be coffee it should be coffee what? In your tea. coffee in your tea that's coffee in your tea that'll get you going what? no thank you no sorry no. I, I, is it, what do you put in your coffee Lisa? <laughs> or in your, your tea i put milk or honey what who puts coffee <laughs> No, no one. That was the joke. Um, but I, I also put milk in my tea and then a little bit of sugar sometimes. I don't. I See, don't I do don't. honey often, but you don't put. I do. Ha- I do just honey. I don't do milk in my tea, which See, is that, blasphemous after living how, in the UK. Yeah, for See, that's years, an American yeah. thing. It's the See, that's, plain tea. That's, you know? that's why they won't let you back in this country because that's you don't why. follow that's the why I'm, Yeah. I'm so sorry. Milk is. Always milk a, is. Like a yeah, milk is for coffee. Uh, honey is for tea. At least I drink tea. There are a lot of people who just, who I know, who are from America, who just flat out refuse to drink tea. It's like too it's much like work sweet. for them. Like, yeah, to put the it's bag either, in well, it. Well, it's either that or they do like it, they do it the Southern way. They do it like sweet tea or iced tea with a bunch of sugar in it, which I can't do. Like, I only drink hot tea. I can't do sweet tea. Well, I, I, can't I love do like, tea. like cold sweet I do tea boba, well, but. I mean, boba is basically that. We just put more shit in It's there. milk. Yeah, milk tea with, <laughs> with tapioca. If, yeah, if you do, like, the royal milk boba, which is the best boba, but, like, a lot of, like, I'll do green tea with just, like, you know, uh, the bubbles in it or whatever. I don't often do sweet yeah. tea with tapioca balls, though, because that's gross. No, I've done, like, um, mango with, like, the bursting bubbles. Yeah. Like, those Hell are yeah. really good. With just candy. You're just drinking a soda with no carbonation. Yeah. But it's I mean, delicious. It's, like, it... fucking fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything with those like flavor bubbles weirds me out because i like really? mine, I, I listen i like black balls um what can i say <laughs> like just just the tapioca <laughs> ones yeah i got you <laughs> i mean I'll, listen i don't mean to correct you if, if there's a different kind of black balls that you're into i i'm not trying to judge we support on that show. yes guess. you do what you gotta do <laughs> But I just, like, I thought maybe if we were still on the topic of tea. Moving on, if you're the uninitiated, (laughs) this is your favorite TTRPG news show where we bring you all the bits and bobs that you need to know so you can buy shit and tell us if it's good or not. Uh, First up, we're going to be talking about Giga City Guardians, right? Stories through play. Uh, Lissa sent me this on X, formerly Twitter, 
I believe is the name of the website. It actually is just x.com now. If you type that in, it takes you there. But I still think my URL says like twitter.com. They really don't know what they got going on over there. Um, yeah, but it's uh, better for me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a superhero adventure game and podcast series that teach reading, writing, and collaboration for all ages. So obviously I was interested in this. Um, and it's like a no prep RPG that has lots of interesting elements. Let me bring up the tweet because it's got a little bit more information than their Kickstarter page. Um, so let's see. Choose your own adventure, coloring book, story focused, literacy building, zero prep RPG that comes with its own play along podcast. And it's going up on Kickstarter for a print run. So go check out Giga City Guardians. It's uh, got a little bit of flavors of like Sentinels of the Multiverse or Mutants and Mayhem. Uh, mixed with those choose-your-own-adventure games. I, I like it. It's a really, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say, like, easy to play, because most TTRPGs are easy to play once you read the rule books. But it's definitely kid-friendly, which is partly what I was mm-hmm. looking for. So I'm excited for that, to, like, let my kids try this out and see what it's like. Um, also, I've been looking for a game that they could possibly play Sans Dad. Because they've started to make their own, and their friends are starting to get into them. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. So, right? Like, it's it's really cool. So, I've been trying to find something, like, maybe that they can understand rules-wise. Because, like, right now, the go-to system is usually a hack of the My Little Pony game. The original one, not the new one from Renegade Studios. And or Animon Story, which they also really dig. Uh, which I think uh, we have a little bit of a story coming up uh, related to that. So, those are the two that I usually run for my children. Um, we play some harder ones too, but those are usually like me doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So with this, maybe I could cut out myself entirely, entirely, which I'm sure they'd prefer, um, and just kind of go about it themselves. So I'm interested yeah. to check that out. Uh, they like yeah, me, I swear. It's also um, by a mutual of ours. It was sent by, um, actually, directly messaged to us by Michael Lowe, the creator. Oh, it's not. Goes by who goes by yeah. at Luck luck of legends yeah, luck um of legends. Yeah, so yeah he's he's big on the educational ttrpgs um love to kind of it. sector of ttrpgs which was amazing and so i was like excited to receive the message and said absolutely we will talk about it hell yeah well i might need to uh reach out as well and talk to michael about some other stuff then because uh i'm super duper interested in this game and i have notified myself of the launch uh, which is all you can do on the Kickstarter right now. You can't, you can't yeah, buy it. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't throw money at it quite yet, but soon, soon you can. Uh, moving on, more friends of uh, of Lissa. Let's talk about Abaddon the Thirteen Seals. Um, <gasps> Yay! Because we were worried. We were like, I don't know if we're gonna have time to do this. They still have fourteen days left, so <clears throat> still, Yay. still plenty of time to get them over the hump for their Kickstarter. Abaddon the Thirteen Seals. TTRPG of Dark Fantasy Demons, Hands of Fate, powered by a deck of playing cards. Uh, what do we need to know about Abaddon, Lissa? Uh, it's been a hot minute since I looked at their uh, actual uh, about page. It's an awesome game by an awesome person who does amazing art. I always like his art when he posts it. Um, and he has a Kickstarter, and he's been having some trouble with it lately with some backers. Uh, we'll not go into it, but <gasps> he's an amazing person, and you should support him. Well, yeah. like that's a lovely endorsement for Lost Haven, I believe, is the freelance yes. illustrator yes. working on this. Um, so go check out Lost Haven, as well as Abaddon 13 Seals. 
54 card deck, including the Jokers, of course, um, is all you need to play Abaddon 13 Seals. And obviously backing the game will get you everything else, probably like the rules, which are usually necessary for these. The artwork on this does look badass. Definitely has dark fantasy vibes. I would say it reminds me of Darkest Dungeon when it comes to the art style. Yeah. If you played that in any of its iterations. Yeah um the archetypes look really cool the hexing the stalkers the elementalists and the faithful are creepy as fuck like none of these are like oh and this is the happy one <laughs> like the faithful says it's the beacon of light and like it still looks scary like it doesn't look like a happy religious experience um, yeah so it was apparently inspired by diablo and darkest dungeon oh well there you go yeah well definitely go check this out let me know if you back it um and then if you did you know give me a call we'll play uh because apparently i'm just i'm the dude now i just go play in all these games first thing i said when i started doing the show is like i don't want to do a lot of live plays we've all talked about it actual plays not necessarily our bag that's what we send lissa out to do and yep. i feel like it's all of us right. are slowly yeah. being roped into more and more <laughs> so i'm the one person the who has up. not <laughs> caved because I have so much anxiety about going on a live play. <laughs> it's bad. Much anxiety. I, I, I told him, like, I, if, if it was just a podcast, if I could just turn the mic on, I'd probably play in most of them. Like, as long as it's not interfering with my other work, because, like, yeah. I can do that in and write or draw or whatever like i don't mind just using my voice but like if i'm on camera i don't want people to think i'm being rude like i have adhd so i'm stimming anyways but like right. <laughs> but like they'll mm. see that i'm not just looking at the screen so i gotta turn my damn camera on listen if you want me to play in your stuff just make it a podcast like audio only and i'm in that's the <laughs> that's the thing that's how you get terry yeah. as long terry. as as long as i as we're not like positive towards nazis that's that's my other caveat like i oh fuck that's nazis. yeah good caveat yeah i found i found a pitch for abaddon that i can read thank you go ahead do it so abaddon a dark fantasy ttrpg about the rise of demons the hands of fate and all powered by a single deck of playing cards it's a book that's approximately 250 plus pages containing all the roles you need to play and run a campaign, mechanics for four unique dark fantasy archetypes, each with four skill trees, so even two of the same archetype are radically different, dozens of monsters with rules on making them more powerful, 12 demon lords to serve as antagonists and boss encounters, lore about the world of have and more. Damn. Also, rare appearance of Lissa's Bitches and Books hosting voice, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah. She went full Bitches and Books. <laughs> full Bitches and Books. Here we are. Yep, go full Bitches and Books. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, head on over to patreon.com slash creations back for a few bucks, and you get our exclusive uh, bi-monthly book club show where Lissa hosts, and you don't have to listen to me talk except for when she grants me permission. <laughs> when you have the talking stick when i had the talking stick and even then i'm usually like oh, i like the book <laughs> listen, <laughs> right? pretty good. listen me as a host is mostly just asking a question and saying Charday, go or terry <laughs> go and then and then usually once one of you goes the other one will get so excited to go and add your own opinions i just sit back and like watch you two go so it's, it's very easy <laughs> 
the only thing is let them loose. Yeah, exactly. The only skill that that you don't have to learn as a host because it's on our Patreon show. So the only thing that stops you is maybe like time constraints. Is for this <laughs> one, I try to do the same thing, but then I gotta cut you motherfuckers off because you just keep going. I'm like, we got 15 other bullet points we gotta get to. <laughs> like, I can't, you can't give me a dissertation on this. Like, we gotta go. There's, but there's that's a, just but that's what we do. We give dissertations, rules, guys. Like we like we, <laughs> exactly. gotta, we gotta pass something here because we can't like we got like. I have to edit this shit. Um, Terry, but... Terry, we are academics. We do dissertations. That's all oh we do. Oh my fucking god! You just went full, like full mummy. You're like, I am a librarian. I am a librarian. One does not simply not rant about something. That's not. I can't not do that. Moving on, Albion Abzi's Geographical Almanac was a project that was backed on Kickstarter, and we were like, how can we support? We're not going to be able to get a show up in time. Well, they're geniuses, and they have a little pre-order here button. So if you're like, oh, man, I missed the Kickstarter, click that little pre-order here button, which I'm going to steal. I'm going to put up on a couple of places for my uh, crowdfunding campaign because a lot of people message me after the fact. They're like, oh, shit, is it too late? Yes, that's how crowdfunding works. Um, but if you have a little pre-order here button, you can send them over to a place where they can start giving you more money while they wait because they missed out on the Kickstarter. So, uh, I'm going to talk about Albion Odyssey or uh, Albion Abzi's Geographical Almanac. They did that on purpose. That's a hard thing to say. That is a tongue twister, yeah. But I just wanted to praise them a little bit on thinking a little bit further ahead. So... Uh, created by Albion Abzi, an A to Z of 26 strange and fantastical locations of your fantasy TTRPG, as well as 26 location-themed subclasses for D&D 5e, 200-plus NPCs, 200-plus adventure hooks, 200-plus role tables, factions, organizations, champions, and villains. Uh, they have all sorts of sights, sounds, smells, economy, culture, hierarchy, political structure, lodging, shelter, residence, uh, adventure hooks, random encounters, trinkets, treasures, and magic items for each location. So... Go check that out. It sounds very, very thoughtful, and I'm already winded, so we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> move on. Uh, but that, thank you, Lissa, for for making sure that we could still plug that. I know you were worried, but we did it, and it's happening. It. And you might not even remember that you were worried about we it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Lovecraft esque two e. Um, so go check this out. I don't, uh, I do not have the wherewithal to go into everything about this, but it's the second edition. If you like this game, you can go back to second edition over on backer kit. Lovecraft ask is a storytelling card game of creeping cosmic horror, emulating the tone and pace of eldritch horror stories. The game will guide you to create the story of a lone individual who stumbles upon clues to a terrible evil. It creates slow building, brooding horror, and the main character at first dismisses until all too suddenly it becomes impossible to deny. The ending will certainly be bleak, and the main character is likely to meet their doom, as in all of the best versions of all Cthulhu mythos. Um, mm-hmm. So go check that out. You have 19 days to go back it, and there's some additional information and another link. Uh, Lisa was super excited about this one. I'm guessing just because of the artwork, because I know you, and I know you saw that <laughs> and was like, that's horrifying. Let's talk about it on the show. That's goth AF. Let's do it. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me Tell me. there's something else that you love about this. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a game for, for two to five people, but it's also got like a GM-less vibe. There's note-taking, storytelling. So uh, if you're looking for something along those lines for your TTRPG table, go check that out. Um, see, I like some other things about it other than the artwork. You son of a bitch. 
Um, moving a pan on. of rose on your nose. <laughs> uh, cottages and Cerberus. Uh, what do we got here? Somebody tell me something about cottages and Cerberus. Someone sent me this. It looks it looks cottage core app. Um, I definitely did. Give me send one second, it, guys. I got someone knocking on the door. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yes. How was yes, your drug hello. deal? Uh, wasn't a drug deal. I just gotta make sure. Pause. Now we're recording. It. Okay. Uh, no, it was maintenance coming back to to because they had fucked up with my whole roof leaking all the time. So they came back and we're like, "Hey, are you good? Like, we we don't want to get sued. <laughs> can we can we take a look? Make sure it's not leaking on your forehead anymore." <laughs> I'm glad they're finally getting their head out of their ass. Yeah, me too. Like, they replaced, like, half my roof. They actually had to spend a lot of money and got, like, a professional crew, not just some random dude. As they should have. As they should have. But now they're they're freaking out again because they got to go up and, like, fix it from my side so it looks aesthetically nice, you know? But they know, just like I know, that if they've had this leak going on for years that they never fix, there could be some shit up in my attic. Uh, so there was the maintenance guy coming to ask if he could take a look because he knows he's going to run into some stuff, uh, come Mm -hmm. Monday, so. Terry, 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 um, I realized why I recognize the game and why I picked it, and it wasn't just for the art. I don't (gasps) believe you, but go ahead. (laughs) So, Lovecraft Desk is by Black Armada Games, which is the same company that did Wreck This Deck, which was their super artsy, uh, where you completely spoil a deck of cards game that I was, like, obsessed over. I know, and I still am. That game is super fucking cool. Have you had a chance to play it yet? I have not, no. Uh, I only did the version where, like, you do it yourself, like, you print the rules, like, I didn't get a chance to, to get the like full like their version of it but it was fucking awesome and i highly recommend it and it has uh opened up a new genre for what i call party games for like when people come over because i'm a big board game guy so if you say hey yeah. we're gonna have a board game night and we play apples to apples or something i'm gonna fucking hit you so what happens is when they're like a board game night and i know they're not down to play any one of my like number of complicated board games or learning a new game is we play wreck this deck in games like wreck this deck. So uh, I was waiting for you to, to notice that it was them. So uh, <laughs> you got there eventually. You got there. You beat me. I've been proven wrong. I've been uh, weighed and measured and found wanting. So that's on me. <laughs> I'll, I'll fall on my sword and walk off into the desert. But first we're going to talk Bye. about cottages and Cerberus. Um, <laughs> a new system for Pathfinder 2E and 5E support, and a new monster hunting cottage core TTRPG system, um, with the fully compatible bestiary for those two games. Uh, anybody interested in this? Somebody sent this to me, so you gotta be kind of interested. Uh, I don't think I sent it, but I am interested because it's cottage core. <laughs> Somebody sent it to me. I didn't pull this out of the ether. I I <laughs> populated this entire run of show with shit from our Discord because I've been so Probably fucking busy. Probably me. I think this was one of the ones that I found somewhere on the ether. Just out there. I could not tell you where, <laughs> yeah. but somewhere in my socials it came up. Well, it looks badass. I love the. It does. I feel bad like always comparing these to Stardew Valley um but it really is it's got that stardew valley vibe it's it you you have all of the base building stuff you have uh the bestiary that works with all of your systems that you already like which i also dig Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for more of like a cozy game 
I totally recommend this because this has like 50 plus monsters to hunt and slay with all of the cool things built in for like what you get from those monsters, which I think is really smart if you're going to do this like mm-hmm. um, like cozy type game because a big part of all of those games is like that uh, that circle, that, that play um, cycle basically of, okay, so you go and hunt this, which lets you forage this or... or claim this piece of thing which you can then cook into this which you can then sell to to build this etc um and it has that that really cool really good like uh um what's the word i'm looking for not cycle circle circle i, <laughs> I have no idea what there is <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i a can't video read mine when, when you when you play when you play a video game and uh one thing leads into another and you wrap back around. So it's like this circle of play. So like you'll, one system will interact with another that feeds into another thing. So mm-hmm. for instance, like for Pokemon, you go and catch a Pokemon, it's weak. You have to go fight other Pokemon to level it up as it levels up. It evolves into a new Pokemon, which will help you interact with other wild Pokemon. And that's, that's the the play cycle that you're getting into there. So you're like monster hunter, you go kill a monster to get the things that you want to build your armor and it requires you to go kill more monsters and they require you to have new armor so you get caught in that loop loop that's the word yeah. looking for play loop loop okay play loop yeah okay yeah, yeah. That and makes this sense. this has this yeah. and i would i would say for a lot of like the cozy uh ttrpgs they miss that loop like they don't quite mm. nail what they're trying to emulate because they yeah because go... it's such a that's like a farming sim kind of thing is yes. the place yeah, but I I I was about to say because like when you talk about the loop um I all the the word that came to my mind was grinding which is the opposite <laughs> of what you do in a cozy yeah. game Harry like yeah okay, Stardew, <laughs> don't grind Stardew I grind Valley, in Stardew Valley Stardew okay? Valley like... since you compared it since you compared it to Stardew Valley Stardew Valley slightly different because you do have to actually like. A little bit grind um in order to farm mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that but like usually when it comes to cozy games it's you do no grinding you do all fun play mm-hmm. like you, turn you're not brain off yeah, yeah. It's turn brain off like you don't have to like do the same task over and over again and like mm-hmm. Im- improve somehow else yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, this one has a cozy mode as well, which I thought was really smart, where it's like, hey, if you just want to do things a little bit easier, like, just do the fishing, the gardening, the crafting, um, you you have that there. Um, so it, it's you can have that, like, chill mode with you and your friends, which I thought was really, really cool. I'm digging the yeah. art style. I, I like all the stuff about it. I like how simple it seems to be. So thank you for throwing this my way because I'm definitely going to check this out because I could probably implement some of the things in here even if I don't want to play in their system because it has 5e support and Pathfinder 2e, which um, mm-hmm. I'm always interested in like adding more things onto. I love the, the mm-hmm. being able to build your cottage being built into the system because I build uh, a base building mechanic into every single game I play because I have players mm. who just they just want to build their little cottage and just like build up their house. Yeah, it's it's such an important step in a game to like have a home base, you know. So like if whether it's just like adopting an NPC's house or like bu- <laughs> like buying your own or just uh, if you get access to one of the spells, at least I'm speaking in fifth edition here, if you get access to a spell like Magnificent Mansion where you can cast like a, a home base anywhere you want. I think it's one of the touchstones in all the games that I play. Like eventually 
the players are going to want or they're just going to stumble upon something that eventually becomes like a home base. So having mechanics like that to build it seems awesome. Yeah, it's the one thing I think that D&D has always lacked. Like over the years, they've put in a lot of mechanics for things like building up a ship or armies versus armies was a big one they added um, really good rules for in 4th edition. Like they've always kind of added the big things that people wanted when it came to the out-of-the-box stuff, even if it wasn't implemented well. I'm not going to say they handled all of those great, but they, they seem to try. And the one thing I think they've never done well is base building. They never gamify it. They give you the stats for like, yeah, like this is how much it would cost mm. for this big of a building. Yeah. How many hirelings you'd need to, to run a staff. Yeah, they... I think in one of the books, they at least in 5th edition, again, mm-hmm. speaking from D&D 5e, because that's what I DM, I think they have, like, a, a section in one of the books about base building, but like you said, it's not intuitive. It's not, I wouldn't even necessarily call it, like, my kind of fun. Some people would have a lot of fun with it, I'm totally sure. But for me and my play style, and I think for my players as well, it just doesn't make sense to implement how they have it in the book. No, it needs so to be more having, gamified or not gamified at yeah. all, in my opinion. I feel like mm. not. I feel like not gamified at all would be my vibe. Like more rule of cool yeah. for base building, That's and like I've yeah, looking up, but... looking up like prices for stuff, obviously, um, and like looking up. Okay, well, do you need this magical ability? How would you make this work? What kind of base would you want? Setting the expectations there, and yeah, like just basically like playing off your players and like what they want to do in their base building kind of vibe. Exactly. And not what they have, yeah. The system that I've always used is, like, basically I make a spreadsheet and I build a census, so it's like, well, we want to add this wing here, but it, it butts up against this, so we need to find, like, a stonemason. So, like, the the party's play, like, becomes trying to find that type of person. So, like, I, I use my census okay. for those characters. Whereas, like, when I say, like, I've built a system, it's not like, oh, I built this fun, like, dice mini game. It's more right. like I just wrote more shit down that involved like <laughs> building a house or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I I like the gamified version when I'm playing versus when I'm running. Um, yeah. So like I I always like look, have a lookout for those things, and I just if you're going to try to do it, like give it a give it a good shake. That's even if the system's bad. Like I've played a lot of bad fishing mini games in both video games and in TTRPGs, but oh I'm God. always glad that they tried. Oh God, not fishing! You got not a fishing. fishing mini game, Liz, uh, ah. If you don't have a fishing mini game, like what are you even doing? You know, living, worry, doing, doing good, nice things. Don't don't worry, Lisa. I will never make you fish in any game that I do. You DM. never have to fish, <laughs> but I want you to have the option. That's all. I just want the option there. Yeah, but the, but these are achievements <laughs> that I have to get. To oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just like, we just triggered Lisa in the Stardew Valley <laughs> again. <laughs> Same, honestly, though. Oh man, Sharday. Like, messaged me the one day was like hey i played a bunch of Baldur's gate you're welcome for the achievements and i forgot that you got achievements on steam that's how little i give a shit about achievements on steam and i was like oh i didn't even realize i would do it and then i started hearing the ding ding and i was like (laughs) oh yeah and i looked and one of them was a rare one and i'm like you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I forgot what I did, but you're welcome because it was rare. Because <laughs> oh, I'm special man. and I chose a choice that was 
rare. It was all fucking. Me. Let's be honest, audience. Like I you know what? Didn't fuck anybody yet, Terry. It was, it I didn't fuck anyone yet. Fucking, she's just plowing through the countryside. The only thing I had, the only thing I did was let a vampire bite me, and that was as close as I got, and that was great. <laughs> Listen, okay, we gotta move on. Stevie in here. God, I could feel it coming through the microphone. Moving on, capers in cyberpunk. RPG, a superpowered RPG of cyberpunks fighting the mega core. Uh, corpse? Do you pronounce the corpse in, in that one? Because it's like, you know, it's mega core. But, but when you pluralize it, do you add the P? Let me mega. know um, in the comments. Uh, so, Capers, the cyberpunk video game, uh, not video game. I got to switch back. We're back on TTRPGs. <laughs> gotta get back into the right mode keeper cyberpunk is a game of superpowered cyberpunks fighting corrupt megacore in an alternate present day you play a character with superpowers and maybe some cool gear and cybertech trying to help your community fight the corp cops that keep everyone under their boot and strike as many blows as possible against the mega corporations that control the vast majority of life now this sounds like it would have been great for tokyo fire um where was this like months ago <laughs> Uh, but like you sons of bitches, but, uh, <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's ten thousand dollars out of its eight thousand dollar goal. You can still back this for another twenty or so days, depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, what I am interested in because we kind of know this type of vibe. I'm looking for the game mechanics. There we go. So when playing Caper Cyberpunk, each player and the GM use their own deck of standard poker style playing cards uh with the two jokers as well so everyone's doing those 54 card decks uh to determine if a character succeeds at a difficult task the interesting thing that i don't see very often is everybody having their own deck um a lot of mm. these games run with a shared deck mechanic so i think that's kind of interesting and the pip value of your card you flip two three so on ace high determines success versus failure the card suit determines the degree of success or failure love that Starting at clubs being the worst and going alphabetically up to spades being the best. Yeah, I dig that. I'm interested in checking that out. Um, but you get the full rules for, for backing it at the PDF. They call it the hardship uh, tier, which I think is great. That's great. <laughs> like, hey, are you poor? We made a tier for you. Um, uh, which is like, let's be honest, most of the most of the people. Setting info uh, described alternate present day of Caper Cyberpunk and the alternate history that got the world to where it is. Nearly 50 superpowers with sub-abilities, info on the tech, GM guidelines, etc. Seems pretty straightforward. And they have a built-in, um, uh, it looks like GM screen. So like, that's, Ooh. that's I'm, I'm a sucker for GM screens. I own GM screens for games I will never fucking play. Uh, I own several GM screens for Powered by the Apocalypse. And you all know how I feel about playing no. that game. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's, listen, that's if I ever something. have to, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I own several Genesis um, uh, screens. The one screen I don't have for a game I love very much is Cortex because Cortex is different every time you play it. That's why it's a wonderful game. So I don't have any Cortex GM screens. <laughs> uh, moving on from Capers, this is our final uh, bits and bobs here, is Gabat Banois. Uh, this new game, uh, let's see how, uh, how they describe it and then I'll describe it worse. Uh, drama and martial arts tactics RPG set in the Sword Isles, a fantasy setting inspired by the refulgent history of Southeast Asia. This game looks so fucking badass. Um, I don't know too much about it, just like the pictures I've seen on Twitter. Sorry, on mm -hmm. X, but uh, I'm Twitter, into yeah. it. Does anybody mm -hmm. else know anything more about it? I don't know. I haven't seen this pop up. 
you gotta, anywhere you gotta yet. go check it out. You gotta, gotta I guess go I gotta it. do that. Yeah, I gotta go research it right now. <laughs> on podcast live. We're doing fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Award-winning fantasy martial arts TTRPG intensely inspired by the refulgent and uh, deluvial stories of Southeast Asia. I'm digging their uh, their their use of nomenclature here. Like they're they're digging deep into the thesaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, their itch.io page has a lot more information than that. Hell yes. Okay, let me let me bring up the itch.io then. It has a lot more. Da, 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 da. I gotta put in the little pause music here. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> martial arts tactics and war drama tabletop RPG where you play as martial artists poised to change the world. Uh, Kundan uh, Ganon, the cavalry, the wandering swordsmen, the tide turners, the knights errant, the ones to call in darkest night in a world inspired. And centering Southeast Asian folklore, witness grand warriors, honorable gallants that trudge and toil under kings and hollows. Uh, yeah, this looks badass. I'm I'm really excited for this. I just need to know, like, what the system is. So they call it the discipline system, a class system inspired by martial arts, Final Fantasy tactics. Oh, Ooh. I love this. I that's when I saw that kind of played like a tactics RPG. That's what really like. Oh, this I'm already gonna get this game because I already love the setting. And the mm-hmm. idea behind it, but if it plays a little bit closer to a tactics RPG, I don't have a lot of those games, and I'm a sucker for tactics RPGs. If you don't <laughs> know, I'm talking about like Final Fantasy Tactics, Tactics Ogre, Fire Emblem, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they use those job systems so you can kind of customize your different characters and NPCs, um, and have like you're like you're building a little army, so it's almost like you're building uh, like army versus army type gameplay with martial arts tossed in there yeah i'm in uh, we don't need to read more about this go buy this game go back it make it happen they're launching in october go do it why haven't you done it yet what are you doing with your life go buy this game um it's downloadable right now on itch.io for 20 dollars, but the print version is going to kickstarter so do it hell yeah i just did it so <laughs> uh see here your average everyday woman She's beautiful, she's graceful, and she really knows her way around the kitchen. I even joined a book club with the other women in my cul-de-sac. What a star! By day, I'm the perfect homemaker. By night, I am... Kaloka, the Goliath Bloodhunter, and I will slice apart my enemies as I slice apart a delicious honeyed ham. My word, that is no way for a lady of the house to be speaking. Well, that's awfully closed-minded of you. You obviously don't listen to the slovenly trolls. The slovenly what? They're a monthly podcast that deep dive into the lore and history of Dungeons and Dragons. They've done episodes on the drow matriarchy, gender-exclusive prestige classes, and horny goddesses of the Forgotten Realms. Horny what? Oh! And he's passed out. Well, what are you waiting for? Go listen to the Slumly Trolls, and you too can make a misogynist fate. Hi, 
I'm the new narrator, here to tell you that the Slovenly Trolls publish new episodes every month and they cite all of their sources. Now that's spiffy. And don't forget, you can listen to the Slovenly Trolls wherever you get podcasts. Uh, hey, what? Good God! Two women speaking to each other! Police! Police! Stop them! Kaloka also has proficiency in unearned strikes. So anyways, moving on, um, let's talk about the Village Crier. This is where we go into the center of town and yell about the stuff that you can't buy but you should still know about. Dungeons & Dragons introduces its first canonically autistic character. Somebody read this article from Polygon. I need to breathe. You need to breathe. <sighs> Wizard of the Coast is closing out the 10-year run of the original 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons rule set with a bang, sending several highly anticipated new books into the world ahead of its planned 2024 revision. While Philander... Fandelver, Philanderer, Philanderer, <laughs> Philander. While Fandelver and Below, the Shattered Obelisk and Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse represent traditional world-ending splat books, the company's October release is something new for Wizards, a singular product based on a storied magical item called the Deck of Many Things, Ooh, which dun, everybody dun, plays. Dun. D&D should know what that is. Every DM listening just died a little inside thinking about it <laughs> um the deck of many things set seems more like a prop at first glance and includes a deck of terracides cards to represent the magic item itself which is a fantastically powerful collection of quirky magical spell items and cards but the box set also contains a book called the book of many things like many modern releases from the DD team it is written from the perspective of a fictional character Asteria is described as a princess turned paladin. Ooh, love her already. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm and already digging this. Like Xanathar, Mordenkainen, and Tasha, Asteria chimes in throughout her book with commentary, jokes, and other little flourishes meant to make it fun to read on its own. If you haven't read all the little sides in Tasha's Cauldron and everything, I highly recommend it. It is so fucking funny. Yeah, I don't like giving them more money, but I'm like, but I am a sucker for the way that yeah. they've been doing the books. I do like them a lot. Um, but the creation of this new character was a bit different from those who came before because Asteria is the first canonically autistic character. So it's an autistic author who's telling this, like, who's writing this book. And that's pretty freaking cool. According to designer Mackenzie DeArmas, the choice to make Asteria autistic was the result of serendipity, a happy accident that involved from an organic creative process. The idea of being friends with a Medusa is hard, but according to DeArmas, could be easy if someone doesn't want to make eye contact. Oh Ooh, my god! Oh my god! DeArmas herself is autistic and was able to incorporate a lot of her own experiences into the character. For instance, there's text in the book that mentions Asteria's hyper-focus on a puzzle to the point of forgetting to eat, as well as animosity toward a particular character for breaking Asteria's fidget toy. <laughs> the article goes on. This, yeah, yeah the, the article goes on. It's 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 great. But yeah, this sounds awesome. And I agree, I don't want to give Wizards more money, but... Damn it. It's like when they actually do something right, you want to support it. I know. And it right? seems like this, they are at least taking steps in their books, like featuring people like who have autism, who are writing these books and writing autistic characters and doing a really good job for representation. 
in all areas. Like this is the shit you want to support. You don't want to support Spelljammer. You don't want to support um what was the other one recently? Uh so the Big many. B book with the AI bar. Like yeah. that that was bad, but this is good. So like it's 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 a really difficult decision. So I I wouldn't necessarily fault anybody if they wanted to buy this book because it seems like this is a step in the right direction. And I I really I really I I <laughs> You've done it. You've won me over. This is very cute. <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, love, it's like, I was just talking about it with some other TikTok creators because uh, there, we got a few comments. They're like, you guys don't make a lot of eye contact with like the camera. And I was like, it's because we're autistic. Like, what do you mean? Like, did you like, do you stare into your camera? And everyone's like, yeah, that's how you get more followers. I was like, oh, I will never do that. I can't. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't. Though- I stare into the camera just because I watch a lot of YouTube. And that's what I know. That's what you're do. supposed to do. I'd but it. like, yeah. And I thought it would be easier because it's not another person, right? So like, you know that I don't make a lot of eye contact unless I'm like playing a character or something. Oh but... yeah, and then you have a prolonged eye contact. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it's I'm able to trick my silly brain into doing yeah. the thing that you're supposed yeah. to do. But like for some reason, the camera is like a person to me when I'm talking to it, so I just can't. It's so. I mean, you're seeing yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's eye contact yourself, which is weird. Yeah, and especially like if you're like already like worried about being vain on the internet, it was like I don't want to look at Mm -hmm. myself. I don't want to talk. Like it's I'm already talking to myself in this room. It's already a hard thing. Mm -hmm. So that Medusa line, I'm like, oh, that resonates so hard. Yeah, it does. But anyways, I I I still don't know if I want to give Wizards money, but I will definitely read your book, Charlie. When you get. If I get this, you're more than welcome to it. <laughs> well, so, like, that was something I'm we all... wanted to discuss because we've had, like, now, this is now, like, the third or fourth time some fans of the network have reached out and said, hey, we want to buy you guys stuff. And we've always talked about it as, like, ah, we don't know. We feel bad asking you to, even though we are poor. It's not like we could go do it ourselves. It's not that. But, uh... <laughs> This might be our way around it, right? Like, we put up a wish list. If you guys want us to talk about these books, if you want to hear the Slovenly Trolls talk about Asteria's Guide or whatever, the Book of Many Things. Yeah. Uh, the Book like of Many maybe, Things written by Asteria. Yeah, maybe we put up a wish list. So it's like, if you want to make that happen, you can all pull your resources and go buy Sharday the book so <laughs> she doesn't have to feel bad giving Wizards of the Coast money. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's just a thought. It's just a thought out there. Like we did, we got a message like this week from the Patreon. Yeah. Was like, hey, like I want to buy you this book, and like I've said no. Like there was a couple people that wanted to buy me that Sentinels of the Multiverse. Uh, yeah, RPG. yeah. And I was like, nah, nah, don't do that. Go spend your money on your own stuff. And they're like, we already bought the book. We just need the address to send it to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I, it's hard for me to say yes to stuff like that. But like Charday all day, Same. buy Charday some stuff. Like, uh, oh, get lists of some things, <laughs> you know? That's not you saying, okay. but that's me saying for them to do it for you. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It's the autism for me. That's what it is. It's, like, it's, like <laughs> it's, it's the autism for yeah, me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a way to make it make sense. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I think that we're gonna. Lisa, I want to hear your thoughts real quick before we move on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I. I'm sorry, I put you on the spot. Sorry, I, I, I was not ready to uh, answer you don't a question that I was like. Um, no, but I, I do, I do think that it's important to, um, like we talk about representation a lot on, uh, the Solvently Trolls podcast and also, uh, on Cave Trolls podcast as well. But I think that it's really important, like, even though this was a happy accident, so to speak, 
I think that it's important for people who are autistic to know, especially like in a game like D&D where people who have special interests specifically and who are neurodivergent mm -hmm. who can like sort of D&D appeals to them in a way that it in a different way that it, it appeals to like neurotypical people. So I feel like mm -hmm. having that sort of neuro, neuro um, divergent, divergent representation in D&D &D is a step in the right direction. So while I'm still not happy with wizards, I am glad that they are recognizing it. I wish they'd done it like uh, for like from the beginning instead of it being a happy accident i wish they got and be like you know what we needed more representation on neurodivergency yeah that was my but only maybe there too. Yeah. yeah but maybe if they realize how well this is received they will realize that okay maybe we should go out and represent more neurodivergent people including you know autistic people and people with adhd mm -hmm. and other neurodivergencies so you know, there's hope, but my bar is very low. My expectations are below. They're in hell. My expectations are in hell. So, <laughs> which um, layer? Which layer of the nine hells specifically? Not the very, not the very, not the thirteenth layer, but like thirteenth it, layer of the nine hells. Yeah, not the thirteenth layer of the nine hells. Maybe like the ninth <laughs> level of the nine hells. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's my two I cents. Could, so I can send the list to Lissa so she knows next time she gets quizzed on the layers of hell. You ready, Lissa? Here's a, I have a wiki link for you. <laughs> Are you I'm mansplaining gonna, the hells? No, to me? I'm not because I don't know them. I'm, I'll be straight up. I, know like, I, I, I did not know any of the new. I, I mean, I've played I... them, but when I need them, I just look it up. <laughs> so here's the cheat sheet for you the next time Shardy tries to bully you for not knowing her pop quiz. I know two. I know two of the layers. I, I am I, not. I don't know all. Of my them. characters have been to the nine hells, but it, like I've never DM'd, so I've never had to look up the nine hells. It I, happens it, far too. Often I vaguely as a DM. remember that they exist, and that yeah. there's also a Christian version of them, which I think there were thirteen, but I'm not sure. There's 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 different layers right. to to the hells for the Christian thing. Uh -huh. like, are you are you talking about like from Dante's Inferno, like the poem? I think so. I I vaguely remember learning that there were thirteen in somewhere. See, the problem with Christian lore is whenever somebody like makes up a Christian new thing, lore. if the Christians <laughs> like it enough, they just go, "Yeah, that was in the Bible," and like that was a thing we made that, and you're like, "No, you didn't. You fucking liar." That was fan fiction, which so is the Bible, but. <laughs> Like the people, like, I've I've had people quote Dante's Inferno to me. Like this is in the Bible. I was like, that's a fucking poem, you dummy. That's Dante's but, uh, Inferno. What are you okay. talking about? Like that's a, it's called an epic. Um, but uh, mm. anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can talk about my religious trauma a different time. Let's move on. D and D playtest seven roasted as D and D five point one. This comes from the character sheet from comicbook.com, an awesome YouTube video. Go watch this. You can hear them talk about the recent comments that D&D has gotten on their most recent playtest. Mostly that this feels like an errata versus a new system. And I, yeah. we've been saying this for a while. This is not new news, but it was a very entertaining video. Thank you for sharing this with me, Sharday. 
Um, yeah, it, it was really weird because I didn't watch the video in full. I just watched the character sheet kind of TLDR of it. Okay. Um, yeah. And character sheet is TikTok. great. Yeah. Well, this, this, the video I sent you is from character sheet. So it's from, I think it's a subsidiary of comic book. I yeah, think. Cowboy, it's, it's, yeah, Cowboy, the yeah. character sheet's kind of like their little imprint that covers the D&D news, and they did the video. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, exactly. you, that's you what didn't I, watch that's the, the coverage the, I saw. I didn't watch the original. Video. Yeah, I didn't watch the original playtest oh, video. I thought you, you didn't watch the comicbook.com yeah. one. I was like, it's like five minutes. What no, do you I mean? Didn't. <laughs> no, 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 I watched, I watched that one. I watched, so if they missed anything in that video, I, Not really. I only watched that video. Not in my opinion. I watched the original one, too, and I was, I was bored. Like, I'm just over it. Yeah. And it's so strange because, like, the one thing that I saw, like, yeah, it's always kind of been a rebalance, but they got rid of, like, the, the one of the things that we were almost praising them for, which was, like, the, the different spell system and, yeah. like, the system or, like, the class agnostic spell lists and how it was such an interesting, like, different way to approach spells that we were, like, hesitant about, but we're also, like, we're willing to, like you know, look into this further and use this system and maybe it's better. We don't know. We'll play test it. Yeah, the bard girlies are a little bit upset because the bards aren't as cool, but like, because anybody can have a lot of different spell lists, like, oh, that's neat. Like a little bit more customization, but they're like, yeah, nah, we just, that would be a lot of work. So we're going to not do No, that. that's a lot of work. No, they're keeping the bards healing thing, which I didn't like. <laughs> that's the other thing. Yeah. I was trying not to. That was, I, that I was what I was upset I was like, oh no. <laughs> How dare you? No, but, like, the spell list, I've always been like, yeah, this is an interesting take. Like, you get an arcane spell list, a primal spell list, or the cleric, whatever, divine spell list, I think it was. So you get, you just get access to one of those three as whatever class you are. And it was a little confusing, because spells are always confusing in D&D. But it was different enough. They're like, okay, this maybe does justify, like a new edition or a D&D one. But now they've completely gotten rid of that. They've rolled it back. And so it doesn't, I don't like, this is even more of a rebalance in a 5.1 than it's ever been because that was its biggest like difference in terms of it being a new system or an updated system. So like At people calling point, why, it D&D 5.1 isn't even justified. One. Yeah. Well, why you shouldn't even do it. Yeah. You shouldn't. And that's I, what the video was yeah, talking about. They talked about some of the good stuff they were doing, too. Like, they nerfed Counterspell, which, thank fucking God, as a DM. Sucks as a player. Sorry about it. But, like, as a DM, like, thank fucking God. Um, and then they put in something about a voluntary saving throw, right? Which yeah, I've been doing at my tables like, um, forever. <laughs> yeah, like the, the you can you can fail the save if if necessary. You can choose to fail. Yeah. Which I thought that was already a rule. Like I'm not gonna Same. lie. Like I'm like I thought I've been that was doing already that forever. in there. But... Yeah. So like that's cool. That's that's a good addition. But at this point, I'm like this just feels like fifth edition. And I get like if you just want to make money, you got to put out new books. I completely understand that. If you're not gonna completely revamp it, that's okay. But just stop calling this a new thing. Just call it an errata. We're gonna redo the fifth edition rules, right? Make just them... call it. You've done it before. Yeah. Like you, you went from 3.0 to 3.5. There's literally no reason why you can't call it 5.5. Well, in my like people would not judge you for that. They I, would judge I you would less a little bit because three point five had way cooler changes than five point one seems to have. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I don't. I wasn't around for it. I just know that they've changed it. <laughs> They, they changed it pretty heavily from 3.0 to 3.5. They added a lot of cool stuff, mostly mechanical. 
Um, mm-hmm. but like they they really revamped it. In my opinion, it really became its own thing. Um, they mm-hmm. just used the base. The base was still the same. Like they didn't change how the game fundamentally played. They just added a lot of <laughs> options and made it a little bit more customizable. Um, and it really changed everything. This is not doing that. This is not like oh look at all these other options and we've made th- open things up a little bit. That's not what they're doing here. It just feels like no. they're 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 tweaking to put out a new book. Yeah. They're 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 fiddling. Yeah, which is it's fine because like you said from a business standpoint, you got to put out a new edition. It makes sense. There is some discourse I think that was talked about in the video about well, some like video games put out free patches. I'm like this isn't a video game. Like this is like a reprint. <laughs> like that's a that's an asinine comparison. Sorry, and we're not <laughs> like a that free doesn't patch. work. It's not a patch. Like this no. is not fixing anything that was broken. This is changing random stuff so they can sell a new thing. But if, if that's yeah. the case, you can have your cake and eat it too. People are going to keep buying fifth edition shit. Like you did it for a long time for all the other ones. They're still putting out three point five and fourth edition and D and D next mm-hmm. and like you can just do both. Put out this new version, change it fucking radically, see if people like it, and you can still sell us a new 5th edition book. Like, do something interesting, though, because now I'm just bored, which is worse than being outraged, because outrage makes us talk about it. Bore? Yeah. Like if you're if you're bored if this thing is boring we're just gonna stop talking about it which is not I got bored a while yeah I got bored like a couple months ago honestly yeah, I stopped I, watching the videos same. as often as I used to because like all the changes that they were implementing just didn't seem like worth talking about like for cave trolls or just like with people who play D and D like talking about like oh like have you heard what they're gonna do with the new edition like. It's it's not exciting, and yeah, like even outrage fuels that excitement. But now, yeah, it's just it's just boring and trivial at this <laughs> point, which is sad. Yeah, like our resident rules lawyer at our table isn't even watching these videos anymore. He has no Whoa. he has no care to do it. He's just like ah, whatever. Are they, gonna change, <laughs> are they changing my role? No, okay, I'm out. And I, like that was right. what surprised me. Like when I can't even like hit him up for crib notes. So, like, I have to go watch the video myself. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even watch the one from DD. I'm like, well, shit. Like, if you guys yeah. don't care, nobody at my table cares. And if nobody at my table cares, like, how many other people at their tables are yeah. not talking about this even? I wonder, too. I'm sure they'll never release the stats. But I wonder, too, if all the feedback has gotten less and less. Like, they, yeah. they keep they, – they were saying – they released, like, months ago, like, for one of the videos. They said, we had the most amount of people – uh, give feedback for this like edition that we've ever had ever and i think it was one of their earliest like their second or third like play test feedback loop and i i'm just so curious as to if not even if that number has decreased how much that number is decreased yeah, you know it's decreased like we all know i think it's <laughs> decreased but like by how much and they're not gonna say they'd rather just omit like oh yeah we've gotten feedback how much feedback they're not gonna tell us no if it's no. especially if it's like if we can notice it now they're yeah it, it wouldn't make it looks like i just i'm nosy <laughs> i want to know mad about a lot of the nomenclature where like they're when they're being intentionally offensive and they're not willing to to have talks about like some of their content that is in poor taste 
Uh, mm-hmm. That's stuff that we want feedback on. When you're getting into the mechanical minutia, people definitely have opinions, but fewer people have opinions. And then when you're not mm-hmm. even listening to their opinions and they're just like slight changes that no one gives a shit about, um, you should get fewer and fewer people talking about it. So yeah. I'm glad that if you're still interested, please let me know. No shade to you. If you're like, oh, I really cared about this change that they're, they're doing, that's all fine. This is not shade at you. This is shade at them and me going like, I just don't care about this new edition anymore. Yeah. So... <coughs> Excuse me. With that being said, let's move on to a more fun topic. Even Baldur's Gate 3's lead gameplay programmer had a hard time describing D&D's <laughs> spell slots to their engineer who has a PhD. Uh, uh, this comes from Harvey Randall over at PC Gamer. The tagline is, at least we're not dealing with Thacko, which is really funny. But this fucking cracked me up. Go read this in its entirety. It's exactly what it sounds like. Um, they're just kind of describing what it is. I'm going to read the first paragraph just so you get an idea. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, the tabletop rule set, which forms the bones of Baldur's Gate 3, is mostly straightforward. Gone are the days of adding double-digit bonuses to every roll. You roll one die, you add an attribute to it, and you sometimes add a proficiency bonus. And in rare cases, you add that proficiency bonus twice. Yeah, shout out to Rhodes. Uh, but it's annoying <laughs> linguistic relic spell slots. I and guess bards. And bards. I knew you were going to say And bards, that. bitch. It has plagued bitch. even Larry <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> Studio CEO and founder, uh, Sven uh, Vinky. Uh, Sven? 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 I think it's Sven, but Sven. I feel like I am fucking that up Lisa, now. Lisa, can you help us pronounce this? Lisa, help. <laughs> Is it uh, Sven? <laughs> I, I would read it Sven, but... Sven? Okay. All right. Thank okay. you. Okay, so okay, Sven okay. Vinky, which is just a badass name. Like I, I, I feel like it's because I grew up in the uh, American Midwest. Like my name is Terry Smith. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had to change it to write things because people were like, "That's a boring ass name." So. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Terry. I grew up with not a boring ass name. That's you fair. don't want it. People will make fun of you in the Midwest. People will ream you if you have a name. I that's haven't not been normal. made fun of for T. S. Luther yet. I do get people going, "Oh, you think you're like T. S. Eliot?" I was like, "I write comic books, bro. I do not think I'm like T. S. Eliot." No, um... I actually capitalized the T. S. Unlike T. S. Eliot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that's for different reasons. We don't need to get into that, man. Psyche. Anyways, according to a recent interview with D&D's video producer and go-to interviewer, Todd, Todd Kenrick, uh, the subject comes up when they're discussing Vinky's dislikes of bards. Oh, shit. Uh, I Ken- know. I watched the video. I was I very know. offended. <laughs> Kenrick asks Vinky what class he actually likes, and he answers wizards. Always a Ooh. wizard. This came with a Ooh. caveat, though. I hate the spell slot system, all right? I mean, my lead gameplay programmer had to explain to a really competent engineer who has a PhD what spell slots are for an hour. Spell slots are a bit complex, agrees Kenrick, doing an interview on Dungeons & Dragons' official channel. When I was teaching my wife D&D, it came up, and I was like, this is really hard to explain. Um, yeah. That is probably the most relatable thing I've ever seen out of any of these. <laughs> is like, when someone goes, oh, I want to be a magic user, when they've never played D&D before, and they go, are you sure? Like, do you, are you sure? Do you want to talk yeah. about it? Yeah, you want to start on hard mode? All right. Do you yeah, want to be a fighter? Because fighters are cool. Like, <laughs> do you want just a sword? You can just roll your dice? They're like, well, what do I do with a wizard do i not just roll the dice i'm like well not really <laughs> listen there's a reason why i started out playing martial characters first yeah which is so strange because i just put out a tiktok for our slavily trolls account that got a little bit of traction on D tiktok oh, about yeah. like when you start as a because i was the opposite that Lissa did well i started as a caster and then i went to marshall and the different headspaces for those different kinds of characters i had no idea 
like how different like I knew but like I didn't because I played them as like NPCs not PCs and my entire brain chemistry had to shift on like how I could approach different things like in combat in RP and everything like I had to completely rework basically almost my entire play style so I made a TikTok about like that and everybody's just like yeah that was like literally the opposite I started as a fighter but then I went to wizard and it was way more complicated and I'm just like yeah valid it's just weird switching between the classes because they're so different it, <laughs> like they're it's so different in the uh, system in my opinion it's not just that it's complicated because it is and I agree it is hard I don't like mm -hmm. it because I don't think it's a good facsimile of using magic in any fantasy world. Like, I, I don't like that it's, like, this level versions. I get that it needs to be something close to that for a TTRPG. I understand that. But as a person who grew up reading fantasy novels, and that's what I try to make my games seem like, it just gamifies it to an extra extent that I don't see in any other way at my table. So sometimes I'm just a little bit disappointed at how gamey it makes it all feel. Um, but that being said, you, especially as a GM, you learn it, you learn it eventually. It's not impossible to learn. It's not the best, but when mm -hmm. new players come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm like, I feel bad where I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. And then the second disappointment comes once they do finally learn the spell slots, they fucking understand it. It took three years, but they get it. They're ready to play that wizard. You know how bored they are at the table. Cause they don't get to roll anything. <laughs> you get to roll how much damage your magic missile does, but it hits automatically. You just don't worry about it. It's going to hit them. Yeah, is I think the one thing... Yeah, the one thing with casters is exactly that. You don't roll as much. And, like, when I started playing a fighter, I roll so much more because you have to roll more to hit shit than, like, having your DM roll a saving throw. And then you just see, like, how bad of luck you have on yep. most days. Like, I miss... So many things. I've had to give my character feats. Like, I, I gave my character luck because I had to. Because I kept rolling, like, absolute garbage. <laughs> so, because I was so used to playing casters. I'm like, I thought I was pretty decent at rolling dice and getting okay numbers. Not when I play a fighter. When I have to roll, like, 80% more. <laughs> like, nope. Absolutely the fuck not. So... A little tip for you, anybody who's a DM and you run into people who are just a little bit bored when they pick a magic user because they don't get to roll as much as the, if they came from a martial class, let them roll the saving throws for the for the NPCs if it's not like yeah. a dramatic mm -hmm. moment that they need. Just give the, let them do something fun at the fucking table. <laughs> I usually don't do that. I just have them describe like how brutal their spell is. Yeah, you got to do that too. That's 100% <laughs> agree with that. Like let them give yeah. them something to do on their fucking turn. Otherwise, it's going to be like, I magic missile, I guess. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's it's 1d4. So uh, <laughs> I never see, I, I never had a player like take magic missile because I think they understood like, that yeah, that's boring. boring. Yeah. I want more of a, <laughs> I completely I want more I of a risk. Yeah. And I, I totally respect that at my table. Like take the spells you want to take. And I, there are so many amazing spells. And what I miss about playing a spellcaster is that there are so many utility spells that are just very situational, but so good when you get the right, use them at the right moment. But explaining that and explaining the system to a new player, I think I had to do, I had to explain how druid spells worked when I incorporated a player into my game, like, years ago. She doesn't play in my group anymore. Um, but when I had to explain it to her, I'm like, I don't even remember what metaphors I used because I, I think I had to draw a picture. Like, I drew a bunch of circles. I'm like, this is your spell. You can't make the circle bigger or smaller or something. I don't even remember what I said. It was probably... <laughs> This is when she quit, smarter. right? Is because <laughs> <laughs> it's, she quit because the the spells were a lot, <laughs> and uh, it's fair. 
<laughs> no, it's it is like complicated, but that just made me laugh because everybody relates to that. And then like you see what they're revamping for five point one. I'm like, it should be this. <laughs> why isn't it this? Why are we talking yeah. about other things? Mm-hmm. Like why why are you not reworking how spells work? Because that's the thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's all opinion based, right? I know people that fucking love the spell slot system, and when I go, yes, I, I don't. don't. I think it's silly. They're like, it's the best. What do you mean? Like, why would you ever use any other system? I, go, I don't know. I wouldn't call human. it like the best. I wouldn't call it like the best, but I, I understand it. Like I've managed to, at least in my brain as a DM. And I think like I, in the games I play in my, uh, the game that Liz and I play in together as players, one of like our, the third player in that group, I think explained how she interprets spell slots just so well. And I, that's stuck with me. It's just like, the more powerful a spell is, they, we don't refer to them as spell slots narratively. We just say the more powerful the spell is, the more juice you use, right? 100%, so the yeah. more tired you are. And so she equated it to like having only so much like liquid in a jar. And this, you know, spell takes up this amount of, you know, liquid in that jar. And sometimes you run on empty. And it's just she equated it to, like, basically magical energy within the caster and, like, needing to replenish your energy, like, tiring yourself out. And when you explain it narratively that way, it's just, in my opinion, much more interesting. Yeah, but, yeah, if mana, you explain right? it very mechanic. Yeah, it's like mana. Exactly. But when you, like, you, when you describe it more mechanically, like, yeah, I only have this many spell slots and blah, blah, blah. When you're trying to figure out, figure it out more by the mechanics. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, it, it doesn't sound as interesting. It doesn't sound very fantasy-y. But when that player said it in that way, I'm like, oh, that's so narratively interesting. And I really like how you look at it that way. 100%. When it's not written that way. That. Yeah, because D&D yeah. doesn't do a good job of describing it in, like, like it's the ludonarrative dissonance, right? Like, they didn't do a good job of going, so this is how it works meta-wise, but here is how we describe it in setting. They don't Yeah, they did. They no, that. they... They explain, like, where you get your magic from. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a druid versus a cleric versus a bard versus whatever. They, they explain where you get your magic from, but they don't explain how to explain it narratively. I think they leave that up to the player. But even, like, putting in a note saying, hey, this is how the spell system works. Describe it however you want. But this is how the mechanics work. I don't think they have a note or anything like that. It's just something you either pick up naturally or if you run a more narrative game, it just kind of happens that way. I just really so, wish that they would give it a try because, like, the thing that I don't yeah. like about a lot of modern fantasy is people don't care about narratives. They care about spell systems. They're like, oh, yeah, the story's shit, but, like, that spell system is dope, right? And if like, every single fantasy novel can describe their spell system in a cool way, so can D&D, you know? Like, yeah. like you, can, you can put something in there fun for people uh, who don't give a crap about just the mechanical minutia. They want it to be described well. But, yeah, the, the yeah, mana yeah. analogy is usually the way I go with it. Or I mm-hmm. just play in a different system because you you don't have to just play D anD D. It's okay. Yeah, um, I was about to say like you like because you were talking about the people who like say that the D anD D system is great or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like okay, like if you play other systems and you like and other have other magical mechanics and spell systems, and then you come back and say the D anD D system is the best. Okay, I understand. You're making like comparison, but for people who say the D and D system is the best, who have literally never tried any other magical system or like played other TTRPGs with magic systems, I I just I don't understand because <laughs> you're literally not comparing it to anything else. You're just comfortable playing the one system that doesn't mean it's good. 
Well, now you're just getting into why people suck. Uh, but <laughs> because you are correct, Lissa. Um, <laughs> let's get you an award, and uh, I need you to just follow me around, and every time someone's like, oh, I hate that, and I go, well, have you ever tried the other thing? Then you can just you can just wind me up and watch me go, and I'll be like, "Listen here, you little shit." This you're also you're kind of describing America a little bit. Like we're just like, "This is the best way." I'm like, "Have you ever experienced another way?" Like I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever why, not paid for healthcare? Well, why um, do you hate great. socialism again? Like, <laughs> that's great. I just don't understand. Like you describe to me what you think communism is, and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, moving on to our final story of the day, Lisa. Thank you for the nugget. That was perfect. You were. Really, you're like saving it you're like i'm not gonna add anything but when i do it's gonna be pointy when like, i do <laughs> that was that was beautiful i was like i was waiting i was gonna throw it to you i was like well what do you think about this and you're like no 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 terry you don't need to host this i host <laughs> bitches and books i know when to add things uh so i want to hear from you first on this one lissa so we're, we're gonna talk about terraforming mars we're just gonna get into it a little bit it's not gonna go on too long because obviously it's adjacent it's not really uh ttrpg related um, I'll say two caveats. One, I really like Terraforming Mars as a game. Uh, oh. I, was a, I was a big fan before a lot of this stuff. I was going to ask you that, yeah, because I, I didn't, I'd never heard of it, but then people were saying, oh, I loved this game, like, X amount of years ago. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Terry's played it then, because Terry's a... Oh, I'm sorry, dude. That I sucks. Know. Yeah, like it's it's complicated because when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, they're probably just using it for the tools. They're using AI tools. They're not using AI art, right? Um, because a lot of uh, RPGs do that, or, or like board games and stuff like. And I'm not against using AI tools to better society, right? Like, is it like a function of coding or something? Like, I'm not against AI as a concept. I'm against it stealing other people's hard work. That's yeah. that's my stance against it. So I was like, oh, they're Kickstarter. Like, oh, like it, it's fine. Maybe it's this, and it doesn't seem to be the case. But Sharda, you're a little bit more versed. I would love to hand you the floor if you're comfortable explaining it a little bit. As I, I depressingly mean, sure. watch this, uh, it's gone up so much money just by watching this Kickstarter. I had it up, and I just wanted to go. Oh, up so seriously? Fast. Oh, that's annoying. It, they're up um, over a million. They're almost at two million dollars. Well, I knew. Well, I knew that. So how this came to my attention first was I was on, I think, Blue Sky, and I follow Coyote and Crow. Obviously, oh, yeah. we talked about them on this podcast and the um the lead designer of coyote and crow posted on the account about how there was a prominent kickstarter that had grossed at that point over a million dollars well over their budget um and they were basically professing that they their use of AI art and not apologizing for it and leaning into it really hard. And I was really curious because I'm nosy, like, what is this? And then I found a similar tweet that they posted on Twitter about it. And they had a screenshot of the, um, the statement on Kickstarter, which I can read now because I have it up. And it's like a Q&A section at the end of their Kickstarter, which Kickstarter now requires you to do. If you use any AI-generated anything in any of your projects, you're required to disclose it. Hell yeah. And so people said they put this on there after that, and maybe it wasn't there when the Kickstarter first started. I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate, but it is there now. And it states... Uh, there's a question. So what parts of your project will use AI-generated content? Please be as specific as possible. And... Uh, so I only got the screenshot of this at first. So I basically had to 
reverse engineer this and like find the Kickstarter because the Coyote and Crow account was not name dropping this Kickstarter when they were talking about it, which is valid. They absolutely didn't have to. I was just nosy and I found it. And then people started reporting on it the next day, which is a very strange twist in events. Um, But it does, they state to that question, we have and will continue to leverage AI generated content in the development and delivery of this product. We have used Midjourney, Photor, and the Adobe suite of products as tools in conjunction with our internal and external illustrators, graphic designers, and marketers to generate ideas, concepts, illustrations, graphic design elements, and marketing materials across all elements of this game. AI and other automation tools are integrated into our company, and while all the components of this game have a mix of human and AI-generated content, nothing is solely generated by AI. We also work with a number of partners to produce and deliver the rewards for this product. Those partners may also use AI-generated content in their production and delivery process, as well as their messaging, marketing, financial management, human resources, systems development, and other internal and external business practices. And then they that so that was a screenshot I used to find this Kickstarter. And they have a secondary question posted after that that was in the original tweet screenshot that I saw. And the question reads, do you have the consent of owners of the works that were or will be used to produce the AI-generated portion of your projects? Please explain. And they write, the intent of our use of AI is not to replicate any way the works of an individual creator, and none of our works do so. That wasn't the question. Yep, we were not, not involved. That's not how AI mm-hmm. art works. Nope. We were not involved in the development of any of the AI tools, duh, used in this project. We have ourselves neither provided works nor asked for consent for any works used to produce AI-generated content. Please reference each of the AI tools we've mentioned for further details on their business practices. Which, that pissed me off more than the first one. Like, the first one pissed me off. But the second one is just like, don't deflect blame to the tools that you are using. Like, are you serious? So, obviously, when this... I don't, I don't know if it was the Coyote and Quo tweet that started gaining traction. I don't... But, essentially, I found that tweet, saw the screenshot, found the Kickstarter. Next day, I think comic book or dice breaker was reporting on it polygon that's who it is polygon dice breaker they started reporting on it and it turns out it's this game called terraforming mars which i had never heard of so terry i don't know if you want to explain what terraforming mars is as a game it's more like a board card game more so than a ttrpg but still it, like it is uh i can get into it a little bit it's a. Uh, it was in my opinion a very <laughs> cool base building mm-hmm. game about terraforming mars and it can be cooperative mm-hmm. it can be competitive it's it's kind of like think like a, a 4x game so like any of those sh- like real-time strategy games where it's like oh you're building a base rather than just like combat um yeah. like you're building the base and you're trying to build up mechanics to make your base more self-sufficient and you're kind of building different ways to do that so it's like you're building up a pipeline or you're mining materials that kind of thing you don't need to get too far into the mechanics but yeah it's a combination of a board game card game and it was a really interesting concept and it was very 
well done. I would think it's a very well-designed game, in my opinion. However, the caveat being, never play this fucking game again. I'm fucking done with them. Go play Anachrony, which is infinitely cooler. It has all the same mechanics where you're building a base <laughs> and you're doing all those cool things, but you're also competing against other people building bases. Except they add in time travel, so you can borrow things from the future, but you have to eventually pay that back to complete the loop. It's genius, and they don't use AI art, so fuck you, Terraforming Mars. Uh, I have a copy for sale if you'd like one. Yeah, so the the biggest thing now is that this game has grossed almost $2 million on the Kickstarter out of a $10,000 goal, so they have far exceeded it. And so essentially the discourse that I've seen is disappointment and anger at the fact that they are so unapologetic in their use of AI and they refuse to kind of take accountability or understand that well they probably do understand that they are using stolen art but they just don't give a shit it's and gone up a thousand dollars since we started this conversation yeah so people are still buying this which is even more infuriating i feel like it's a lot but... of like crypto bros too there's a lot of people who are like no, i like AI art. i think it's dope that we're doing that i, I want to support so this. Use yeah. this yeah and those people just i think it's ignorance a little bit i think some of it is malicious it i used to think too. it wasn't at all malicious but i think it is i think it's a little malicious i think people get mad yeah. at artists for existing i've learned yeah uh, and that. <laughs> uh daring to ask to be paid yep yeah we don't no, we don't pay artists we don't pay artists we don't pay teachers this is capitalism mm -hmm. um so yeah yep okay so now they're up over over a thousand dollars since we started this conversation yeah, that's really great so i think so, it's a lot of that mm -hmm. and uh, i think people just they want to throw a fit and, and go well i like it so i'm gonna back this so good for them you made two million dollars I'm extremely happy for you and extremely disappointed. Not honestly in that company because they fucking suck. Like that's companies will company. I get that. I'm really disappointed the people that saw artists talking about why they're upset and they said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to throw even more money at this. Yeah. So you won't pay artists, but you'll pay for this. Yeah. Like, exactly. I just, it's it was so disheartening when I looked into it because, like I said, I was ready to give them the benefit of the doubt and like, oh, maybe they just used AI to to like incorporate that into the game or something, which mm -mm. is interesting, mm. right? Uh, I don't like it necessarily, but it's interesting. Nope, nope, it's just straight up. They're just using AI art. I'm like, okay, yeah. And no, they're just they're also like shifting the blame. Like, oh, if you want to blame us for using AI art, don't blame, blame us. Blame the Blame the ethics of Midjourney. Blame the ethics of Adobe. Blame the ethics yep. of Fotor. Like yeah, do. blame, blame, blame the too. fact <laughs> that they exist. Yeah. And not yeah. the fact that we're using them actively to get the result that we're looking for. And like, like, exactly. think about, so like the whole point of bigger corporations, I don't know if that's necessarily what they're trying to do here, um, but like the reason why you use AI is to cut out having to pay artists, right? Like that's, yeah, that's what you basically. do it for. So you don't have to yeah. you pay less people because the computer's stealing it for you. You don't have to steal it yourself, which is mm -hmm. illegal, right? If I, if you used my work, my art and used it in your thing, I'd be like, Hey, you owe me money for that. And they go, Oh yeah, sure. Um, but like, but you use an AI steals it for you and you're like, no, that's dope. <laughs> yeah and so like that's what they're doing here and they're going well like well then stop mid-journey then if you don't want us to do it and like, yeah exactly <laughs> it's so silly in that way because they're they're probably saving a shit ton of money so this this product that's already cheaper because they're doing something unethical has now made them rich yeah like they're not going to use this money to pay the artists no. they're going to use or 
I don't even know if the designers, because they also said they used AI to help with like certain other aspects of the game that wasn't art as well. So yeah, I'm wondering like how much, cards or... yeah, I like how much of AI, because it's so broad and they're so unapologetic in using it and they've used multiple categories other than art. Are you also cutting corners with your writers and editors? Probably. probably. Your game designers? Probably. Your like, uh, marketing material they said which i don't know what the fuck that yeah, was means this kickstarter was this page like was this all AI? AI? <laughs> yeah i'm very confused by what ai marketing wait, materials wait, mean wait. i have no doubt is, they exist but is frick's games just run by ai that's why they're unapologetic they are they are they are sentient being there's Frick's That's Games, Stronghold worst. Games, whoever's I, doing yeah. this this bullshit. I don't know. Stronghold go play, games, go play Anachrony. Yeah. Go play Anachrony. It's great. Uh, to my knowledge, they also don't use AI art, but I guess I could be wrong now because I would have said that Terraforming Mars wouldn't do that either. Um, but to uh, my knowledge, do. Anachrony does not use any uh, AI art or anything like that. And it's fucking I'm... fun. Yeah, I'm just worried that now that this project has mm-hmm. been so successful, mm-hmm. d- despite like all of the AI controversy in the actual like gaming sphere. I'm just genuinely like dreading other companies doing this and getting away with it. However, I am also a little bit hopeful because it seems like the controversy came when this was already past a million dollars. So this thing was already making a shit ton of money when people were talking about it's using AI art. People love terrifying Mars. Like, yeah, I am, and, I am and not the only one. It seems as though they use they put the AI generated art disclaimer somewhat recently. I don't have an exact timeline. So this game without you know, people knowing that it was using AI art, benefit of the doubt, it was already going to be ridiculously highly funded anyway. And it was found out when it was well past the million dollar mark. Cool. I didn't so know. So this game so that makes was you feel a little bit better. This, yeah, so it's not like this game wasn't funded and then it just got $2 million. No, no, no. When the story came out and when Coyote and Crow was tweeting about it, it was already past a million dollars and now it's closing in on $2 million. I don't remember the exact number when I first looked into it. I don't know how much money it's made since the controversy has happened. That's probably like terry you said crypto bros and ai supporters maybe just ignorance because the ai disclaimers at the very bottom of the page they know terraforming mars they don't read the whole thing they're like oh yeah i'll give it a couple bucks so i am hoping now that yeah maybe there are probably definitely going to be copycats but i'm also hopeful if they now that they have to put the ai disclaimer they are required that they put it on kickstarter to do so and they start at zero dollars i'm hoping that any company that is as blatant and as unapologetic and as blame shifty as Stronghold Games is, they are not going to get the same amount of support because they'll be starting from the ground up with different rules and a different public consciousness of the situation. I hope that's like the little glimmer of light, but I don't know if that's going to happen, which is scary. I have two thoughts on it. So one, I agree. I think that that it could go either way, right? This either throws up the red flag of like, hey guys, we need to make sure not to do this, or <laughs> hey, we need to do this because those crypto bros will come back at us. The thing that I worry is the people who want to be ethical but have bills to pay and go, well, we could get an extra million dollars if we just put AI in this somewhere because yeah. those people will come as a stance and back it. That's how you, because like if, if the numbers trump the need, then they're just going to go do that like right like even though they're like i I hate ai and we actually used it for like one picture in this but 
that one picture gave us a million dollars and now we can mm-hmm. feed our families and run this. So like, I worry that not only are you going to get the people who are like, yeah, I want to take that stance. You're going to get the people who, who like feel like they don't have another choice if they want to compete. So you have both of those there. And like, that's, that's kind of scary. I hope that you're right though. I hope you got a lot of other people going, well, I don't want to deal with that because you, the other point I wanted to make is the long-term ramifications. Sure. This got them an extra million dollars now. And that's nothing to shake a leg at. Like that's crazy. Right. But mm-hmm. does that burn the brand then? Right. Are, are the people who, when they finally did learn about the controversy, they go, well, I'm done buying terraforming Mars. I don't know. I don't know if the people yeah. are that strong ethically when it comes to buying board games. Cause right. Like most consumers, like you just, they don't worry about that. Not that they need to either. Like, I don't really judge people for that. Uh, but like how many people are really looking into it? How many people really care about the ethics of AI? Because right now I know a lot of people don't give a shit. Uh, so is this a moot point? Like, <laughs> is this this one bump? And now next time people, who really want to support it because they want to, you know, you know, own the libs, um, want to like go and give it money, but it's a smaller amount of people and the people who go, well, I don't buy anything with AI art in it. So that's a red flag for me. So I'm out. Do those just cancel each other out and the system stays exactly the same? Like mm-hmm. that's, I feel like that could be a possibility too, but, uh, I'm yeah. interested to see it's just like where it goes from here. Thank you for reading this, uh, Charlotte yeah. and explaining it better. Cause no I was just worries. mad. Thank you for giving us context about like I've never heard of terraforming Mars, so <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. This is if I if I'm gonna base build shit, I'm just gonna keep building shit in Starfield. Like I'm not. Gonna there are some badass it. games. There are some video game versions <laughs> of terraforming Mars too that I would have recommended to you in the past. Like I I, I get that a lot, right? When they're like, "Well, if we're playing this, like, why don't we just go play this computer game?" And I'm like, "You're not wrong. I understand that." But sometimes it's fun <laughs> to sit around with our little cards and we're at the same table. That's a good. Time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> get it but for me for right now (laughs) i would rather i'll just play starfield and colonate the moon thank you starfield you kill those slugs (laughs) don't don't you don't you walk by those slugs even though it doesn't do anything if you don't uh but you'll feel it it's fine lissa lissa got me i streamed starfield for lissa the other day and she saw aliens attack me and how freaked out i got so if, listen, if the two things were actually <laughs> tied, if they actually mattered, if you didn't kill that slug and then the aliens attacked, I would be a thousand percent more into that game. But the fact I that- did. No, I didn't. No, no, no. Yeah. I, they just attacked me. They were, they just attacked me. I didn't No, 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 no. I know that. I know. But what I'm saying, it's not because you didn't kill the slug that you walked past is what I'm saying. I what I don't even know what slugs you're talking about. I don't want to spoil. What are stuff. you talking about? The, there are slugs. There's, 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 there's spoilers for Starfield. Don't come at me if you haven't played the game. Charlie, I played spoil like four. I I played forty hours of Starfield. Those slugs turn into the big alien things. Okay. So the, like the, so they the, transform into another creature yes so you're supposed to okay. want to kill all those slugs except for it's just a narrative thing uh, if you don't kill the slugs they don't actually physically that slug does not turn into an alien thing yeah so i think you, you don't gonna... need to give a fuck about them i don't know what the fuck you're talking you're talking about a whole other part of the game that i haven't even gotten to yet. that's why i said spoilers i didn't <laughs> want everyone over here there's these slugs it's that not really are... spoil there are so many different types of planets and aliens word, and word. flora and flana. Like I haven't gotten to that part. I just got attacked by space. I just didn't want you to be mad. Like, oh, that would have been so funny. cool. Like, so there's these slugs, no. like the xenomorph, like baby stage, basically. 
And you're mm-hmm. supposed to, like, they're like, oh, you see those slugs? You're supposed to step on them because they'll turn into aliens. They'll take over everything. Except for they right. don't. Narratively, they do. That's where those things come from, narratively. But in game mechanics, if you don't kill that slug, nothing changes for you. <laughs> Listen, I am way too busy working for Space Amazon to give a shit about space Listen, slugs. The, <laughs> I got so disappointed with that entire mission thing, but the opening where you just sit down for an interview and you can, like, like small talk with the lady working yeah. at the desk, and you're like, what are you into? Like, do you like working here? And she's like, yeah, no, it's okay. Like, if they do some cool stuff. I'm like, this is dope in a such a dumb way because I've had this conversation a million times. It's so weird. Like they actually make you sit down. I, I think I was streaming for Lissa too when this happened. Like they're making me actually do a job application to yes. like do this quest. And I'm just like, this is very triggering for me. Like I don't want to do a job application. But like that part was <laughs> funny. And then like where it goes from there, I was just a little disappointed. Like it wasn't that impressive, but it, I was, I was so impressed from the opening of it that I didn't care necessarily mm-hmm. that it go anywhere. No. I was like, this is just neat. Like I, I got caught, so just, caught off guard. It's neat. I like Starfield. It's neat. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are parts of it that I think are super awesome and have that Bethesda feel. Like the Batman mission is dope. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, go do the Mantis uh, subquest if you ever can. Um, you just it's a Batman in space. I think I. Dope. Yeah, that sounds like a mission that I have on my Go do it. Go do it. It's very fulfilling. It's very neat. But then there are so many where I'm like, this is just, this is why I was playing my friend's game. Why I didn't buy it. Because there's so many times (laughs) where I'm just, I land on a planet and there is nothing there. And then. Yeah. Yeah. As an exploring game. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not as good as like Skyrim or Fallout in my opinion but, those games but the are missions are old still now. they're old now. yeah how are they how is yeah. this not as good at, as those games I just because they just they just really wanted to do something different I yeah. think they just really wanted to make a space game and more power to them they made a space game it's still fun it's just some aspects are not I think because they put so much emphasis in the marketing on you could go to a thousand planets I'm just like I don't give a sh- I knew I wasn't going to give a shit about that I would I was going to give a shit about I, I would have been fine if there was yeah. one planet and you just go up in yeah. space kind of. That, Same. I, but it was, it's fine. I don't hate it. I wasn't like, oh, this game's fucking terrible, but I was a little disappointed and I was a little yeah. disappointed in Fallout 4 and now I feel like I'm going to be a little disappointed in Miller Skull 6. Well, I fucking hope not because I will die. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Well, we might be dead by the time it comes out anyways, though. So Oh, that's, think. yeah, that's true. Lissa might actually play Skyrim before it comes out, which is what I'm thinking. You fucking play Skyrim on everything. I'm pretty sure your toaster runs Skyrim, Lissa. Bold of you to assume that I'd make it through for, wait, Horizon Forbidden Dawn. I thought you were saying bold of you to assume you have a toaster, and I was like, that's fair. Also, <laughs> I, I I have bought Skyrim, yes. Have I installed it? No, because I'm still playing through Horizon Zero Dawn. Because you can't, like, hop between games. Like, you have to finish a game before you move on. Like, right? I, I want to concentrate on one, because otherwise I'm going to start both and never finish either one of them. Is Horizon that big of a game? I feel like I'd beat that one. The map quickly. is huge, Terry. Okay, okay. Sorry. She the gets map very is distracted. absolutely okay. huge. And I from, like, just spend Seattle all my time running around. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you're not really going for the objective, just kind of like looking at it. What's well, a very pretty game to look at? Wait till you play the it, it is so right. pretty, and this is what, like the first like console game that I've mm. played. Yeah, that's fair. Since that, uh, like since yeah. I played like okay, I played um 
What did I play? I I played Borderlands with my sister on our PS3. Yeah. But like the before that, I haven't gamed by myself since PlayStation 2, Terry. Listen, but like I'm gonna throw a wrench in the mix for your little uh, neuro spicy brain. You can't go on till you play the DLC, and then you can't really oh, go no. on to the next to a different game because you're gonna want to play the sequel because it really is just one game. It's just a bigger, you know. It's just more I just need to, I just need to finish this game and no, then I can I can no. I can see what happens. No, you're not. Well, she. Well, the hara- the the sequel is for PS. Is it for PS5 or is I think it for they did PS4? Both. You can you think they, it was cross platform so. I forget so, what PlayStation you have, Lisa. Do you have the three or the four? four? Yeah, four. Okay. she couldn't. She can't play Horizon on PS3. Uh, okay, I forget. I for, I forget which is in which generation at this point. It's all blending together. Yeah, you can for play me. Forbidden West on PS4. So really, it's just one game, Lisa. So you're not gonna be playing Starfield anytime <laughs> soon. So you get you just go no do way. that, and then once you're done with those, anyway, you're gonna want to play Baldur's Gate three. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she needs yeah. to get something to play it on first. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Too. Well, you can't play it on your your Mac from 1999. It's it doesn't. <laughs> I know, right? It has yeah, one right. single excuse mouse click. It's got everything. Excuse me. Excuse me, rude. <laughs> Listen, I still have to wait for the Xbox release. I'm right there with you. I haven't played it like at all. You played for, it for like a hundred hours at my house in like it two was not a hundred hours. I, I worry that you didn't take care of my hours. dog, which we paid you to do. I'm like, she put in so many hours of Baldur's Gate. I was like, there's no way my dog went outside. There's no way Chardonnay <laughs> ate any food. There's just yes. there's just Baldur's Gate. <laughs> you underestimate how much I can multitask. <laughs> Terry, Terry, it wasn't a hundred hours. It was only like ninety. Like, you're right. You're right. Like you're right. Let's be realistic. Here. Solid eighty-nine hours and forty-eight just, hours. Just ninety did. hours in like four days. She did like the Dragon Ball Z thing, like hyperbolic time chamber, where you just like went in and time mm-hmm. adjusted around you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of time adjusting around you, you can head on over to campykillcreations.com and check out all of our other content over there, like my comic books and other podcasts, like the Sovereignly Trolls show. You can also head on over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations if you like us a whole bunch. And give us a few bucks over there. You get early content, bonus content, like Sovereignly Trolls After Dark. You get the Bitches and Books book show, our book club show. You get uh the other things i know you get uh, charday's lore rewrites uh making problematic content less problematic for D. so go over there check all that stuff out if you want to follow me closer because why wouldn't you i'm great uh <laughs> so you can read any of my comic books over there at campykillcreations.com or you can follow me at can't be killed comics on tiktok that's where i do all of my social media in uh, I'm great on there. I'm hilarious. It's wonderful. Sometimes I give uh, inspirational advice. Sometimes I just stare at you through the phone. And don't you want both wow. of those things? Um, Sharday, where can the people find you online? People can find me running the Slovenly Trolls Twitter, Blue Sky, and TikTok at Slovenly Trolls. And mm. I am one half of the Slovenly Trolls podcast where we talk about problematic D&D history and lore and find out where it came from. And encourage people to be better. <laughs> Do it, you cowards. Um, also, I guess I'm also on all those platforms as Can't Be Killed Comics, so you can go check that out, I guess, if you want. But I'm not a big <laughs> tweeter, threader, blue skyer. I, I don't zeet. I just, I, I make TikToks. And sometimes I comment on other people's TikToks. Uh, Lissa, you're the other half of the Slotling Shells. Where can the people find you online? 
Um, I'm a blip, so they can't find me, but That's they true. can find the Slovenly Trolls podcast on Instagram and Threads and. Uh, I think that's it for me. <laughs> Instagram and threads. <laughs> Instagram and threads, pretty much. But if yeah. you want like yeah. a, a little centralized location, you can head on over to campykillcreations.com, click on the little Slovenly Trolls button, or the other, I, there's no T.S. Luther button, but if you click the comics, you'll find us somewhere. Like we, All of those <laughs> things are on that website, I promise. You'll, you'll find the stuff you're looking for. Also, you can check all of that awesome uh, research that these ladies do into all of the things they talk about in Slavenly Trolls. It's only two hours, but the reason why it's been edited down to two hours is because they did like a hundred hours of research and they recorded for ten. So, like, go yep. go check that. That's what we're out. doing tomorrow. Yep. Woo, 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 woo. Go fact check them. I promise you, they're correct. But uh, except for the opinion <laughs> stuff, obviously subjective, but it's still probably correct. It's still correct. Um, yeah, it's correct. You're listening to their show. They're correct. That's on you. Okay, like, are you gonna argue with that? Like, yeah. uh, what are you doing? You shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, we have been the cave trolls, and we're out. Oh, and we're sorry. Don't forget that we're sorry. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, The Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.